Hello, welcome to Brenda PM and Thoughts from the Tractor and Trevor. Hi, I'm back again. You are back. This is like a bonus. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is like part two of the mom and son show. <laughs> yeah. First one was on the road where got to hear the nice highway driving. And now uh, we're back at my place and you get to hear the grumblings of a pug in the background this time yeah there we go so in uh our first uh podcast together we were talking about um how you're raised um what some of the lessons you've learned and then close to the end you started asking me questions about flip the script a little bit yeah flip flip the script yeah. And so I said, okay, that'll take too long. So we need to do another episode. Yeah. So uh, I, um, yeah, wanted to follow up, I guess, with a couple other questions for, for you this time. And uh, you're asking about how basically a, a breakdown of a report card of growing up and, <laughs> uh, and how you did with raising and yeah, you never did give me a you never did give me a letter grade. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh it's uh it's tough. It's tough to break down the category. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, so for for you, you know, I think it's always interesting when you're growing up and and the older you get realizing um you know, the closer you get to your parents' age when they became a parent. Yeah, you're uh, like two years from it. Exactly. The more you realize, oh, wow, you know, she was at this point of her life being in the similar age and taking on that type of responsibility. And it puts things in a perspective when you're uh, a kid and you have this idea that, you know, parents aren't people, but like this different type of being uh -huh. that... Uh, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> And you um, think, oh, well, you know, they're a mom or they're a dad. They, here's, this is how, what they're pre-programmed to do. And then realizing, you know, as you get older and realize that everyone's just doesn't really have any idea what they're doing or, and <laughs> everyone's just kind of figuring out, stumbling through life like anyone else, you know, just one day you're at a cashier and he calls you sir and, and you're just oh wow i guess i'm an adult now <laughs> and uh <laughs> is uh, a, a a reality where you think that there's going to be this um moment when someone pulls you to the back room and goes congratulations you're now an adult here's everything you need to know because <laughs> to have it figured out now um and realize you know as a parent it's the, the same thing and bills and and all the other stuff uh -huh. on top of uh, raising a person and trying not to screw them up. And uh, through that experience, um, you know, always curious to know uh, what were some of the biggest unexpected <laughs> lessons or takeaways? I'm sure, you know, it wouldn't be just one podcast, but many, many novels perhaps of, uh, content worth to answer that question but mm -hmm. uh what would be some of the the questions or or some of the experiences that 
you got from uh, the whole process of becoming a parent? Um, holy. Uh, well, first of all, I when you were born, I looked at you and I'm like, holy crap, what do I do now? Like it was just, it was super surreal. And, um, and then I think I, I kept thinking, what, how do people, like I was a, I, I was a pediatric nurse. And so I had some idea of how to, you know, what to look for in a baby. Keep them alive. To keep them alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I did ICU. So, yeah. So it was like, okay, well, if he stops breathing, I know what to do. If he very helpful, very <laughs> that was good. But I, I couldn't imagine not having that experience. Like I couldn't imagine not having the experience of being a nurse and bringing home a baby. I have no idea how people do it. Yeah, without having that experience. Oh, I, I could only imagine that the slightest thing goes wrong or unexpected happens and you're basically flying to the emergency room to be like, is this normal? <laughs> yeah. And see with you, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, cause I took care of the sickest of the sick kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. True. <laughs> so, and you know that cause, yep. cause like even I remember when you were sleeping through the night and I had worked in the ICU with, and I would have dreams that you had a tracheostomy because yeah. those are the kind of kids I took care care of. So a breathing tube in your neck, you didn't have one, but I kept thinking I would wake up and think, oh my gosh, or I would think he's crying and I have no medication to sedate him. That was one of the things. Yeah. You think you're doing like uh uh, the rounds at work yeah. uh, in the middle of the night and just be like, oh, I got to check his tube. And be like, oh, actually, he's uh, not intensive care. So Yeah, or or you would, or, or I would think, oh, my gosh, that kid is crying. He needs to be sedated or he needs to be transferred to the peds floor because <laughs> I don't do crying babies. Because in ICU, if they started crying, that means they were too well to be. Yeah, they're not intensive in care anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I would do that with you. And then there were times where I was like, oh, my gosh, he didn't. he's not waking up in the middle of the night. I don't want to check on him because what if something bad has happened? And then I know, oh, this would be terrible. And my mind would go to all these weird places. And even as you were growing up, I would... Um, you know, it would take a lot for me to be worried about if you got hurt or. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that, which which was nice because it was uh, reassuring. You know, I think like as a little kid and you see it all the time where, you know, a kid hurts or falls over or something and then they look at their parents or they look at everybody else around them. And if everyone's having a reaction like, oh, that was a bad fall, then they just, oh to start crying right away yeah versus uh if they fall over and they look around and everyone's like ah you're okay you just had a quick fall uh they kind of like oh okay I, i'm i guess i'm not hurt but uh and so so there was a lot of that where you know it could, it could explain the whole yeah it explains a lot actually where uh, 
<laughs> basically like, oh, well, you know, it's like I'm, my heart it hasn't stopped and I'm still breathing and, and I'm still moving around. So it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's not that bad. Well, and I remember when you're a baby, like, like, I don't know, you must have been like, you must have been under one and we wanted to see if that experiment worked if you threw a baby into the water. <laughs> into the water to see if they would just automatically swim and uh and they don't <laughs> he didn't see that was before youtube where you could just look it up and google yeah and we just... did our own experience yeah exactly okay stop it lucy lucy is the dog yeah. the pug i'm gonna put her toy away here She's got tons yeah. of toys. Yeah. So anyways, um, so that's, I guess for me, it was like, I just could, the biggest thing was I was glad I was a nurse because it kind of gave me some kind of baseline mm -hmm. of what to look for. Um, otherwise, it was, it was really trial and error, trial and error. Like I was never one of those moms who would say, Oh, his, he's crying. He's crying because he is this. He's crying. I always just did process of elimination with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and just went through the steps. I wasn't trying to be this. I never went to mom's groups. I never went to any of that. I just was, my thing was, let's just have fun. Let's enjoy it. All that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's uh is the biggest thing is uh intention and and not some arbitrary set of rules and uh i think that's always the thing that has really shaped how i try to approach situations where you know people can have bad information or poor mindsets during the time of circumstances or uh, whatever to have a reaction they have. Um, but you know, we can only do the best with whatever information we have at the time. Yeah, exactly. And that's something where you just, you have to keep it in perspective. Okay. What's the intention behind what this person just did? Was right. it to try and make me feel worse or is it to try and help? But it's, you know, they think they're helping by doing something. I don't, you know, think is helpful right now, but they think it's what's best. And uh, well, I think you know. as as I think as a as a parent, you realize you realize that um, there's nothing that I like. I didn't intentionally try and screw you up. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was kind of one of the things is is realizing that parents actually try and make the best decision based on, like you said, the information. Yeah. But I, yeah, no, I, I always joke that I didn't want to have another one just in case I'd screw them up worse. I only thought <laughs> I should screw up one child in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and so you get to be it. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't think I screwed you up too much. No, I, I don't think, uh, you know, and there's a, uh it's it's a roll of the dice so you, you never know and 
what you're what you're dealing with and uh, what type of issues or whatever the kid will have with what's just pre-programmed in there versus stuff they pick up along the way or yeah and um you know there's so many examples and anecdotes of people that you know had a really strict upbringing and turned out fine or people that had a very strict upbringing and turned out terrible i could uh you just never you never know and uh, I, i think with us i just wanted always to to feel like like we had a relationship that like i always wanted my thing was to always be the house that kids could come to. Like when we yeah. lived in Seattle, I had like our house was the place to come. Mm-hmm. And I had this big like four drawer Tupperware outside the on the patio. And it was always filled with Capri Suns and <laughs> snacks. And kids always knew that. Yeah. And that was the same as you got older when you we had the cookie jar. Yeah. The, the brass yeah, cookie yes. jar. Yes. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, I think a, a big part of it as well was um, uh, you always talked to uh, me and um, other kids my age, no matter the age, like they were adults, like the same way that you would speak to an adult and uh-huh. i think also listening to them as if their opinion or uh um or whatever they're saying is just as important as yeah as if anyone else said it and uh, i think that's where you would see so many of my friends um and younger people would rather talk to you than maybe even their own parents uh-huh. um, because they felt that they could say something without you having a big reaction or, um, or something like that. Yeah. And so I think that, uh, was, was a big part of it is the open communicating and waiting before having a reaction, getting the full story of whatever it is you're talking about, um, before you end up, uh, blowing up or, or coming to a conclusion right away and, yeah. and working through it together in a way where it's not combative or winning an argument. Uh, Cause I think that's a, a big thing as well as people, once you feel like you're in an argument that one side's trying to win and the other side's trying to win, then you're automatically going to be super defensive and, and not get a lot done. But it, when you phrase it as, Hey, there's this thing we're talking about or issue or whatever. And, um, we uh, are trying to work through it together through this conversation. <clears throat> People seem to be a lot more open to feedback and advice rather than being lectured because you're the young kid who doesn't know any better and you're the older parent who, um, you know, has the final say no matter what. So. Yeah. I think that's too why it was so difficult for you in school is because with you and me, we could talk about anything. And you can ask me questions and why. And when you went to school, you would do that with other adults at school, the teachers. Yeah. And they were more intimidated by it and would be very frustrated with you because you would do that. Yeah, I think the authority thing. Like I never, um, there's some situations, but very rarely um, would a title 
determine my level of respect, not necessarily respect, but believing whatever they're saying. Um, and I think that was a big part of um, me having teachers and, and people. I, I, the thing that drove me nuts in school was when a teacher would say, I'm the one with the degree, so do as I say, uh, or I, I'm right. And, and that would just be, okay, like you have a title, but, but if you're so smart and you're so um, knowledgeable then, and you have this big fancy degree, then it should be nothing for you to then, you know, talk through this subject or mm -hmm. explore the point I just made or, or, and, and that part always drove me nuts because I always would like things to be an open dialogue. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of times where I, I didn't because, um, or it wasn't, or seen as disrespectful rather than me wanting to engage in a conversation that goes further. Uh, mm -hmm. but it would come across as like me trying to back talk or, or undermine their authority or point when I'm like, oh, well, let's dive into this deeper. And, and it's like, quit challenging or debating. But I saw it as, well, if this is a concrete fact or a concrete thing, then it shouldn't matter if I, you know, have a, a, a further questions about something or want to talk about it in more depth. And, yeah. and I think that always was um, something that, because we would do at home where we would not argue but debate and go over what ifs and and mm -hmm. go into more and more in depth until came to a conclusion where we both were like yeah that both that makes sense because we went through all the what if and other questions um and that and that brought it to the conclusion where we both think it makes sense exactly okay we have okay. A, we have we have a pug just <laughs> She's like going crazy. Here, you talk for a sec, and I'm gonna. I'll be right back. <laughs> Leaving my mic, and she's gonna take a little nap. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So it's been interesting being like tonight. It was kind of fun. We were not kind of fun. It was really fun. We went out with um, with a couple of our friends or Trevor's friends that are now, you know, it's uh, they were he played football with them and then or with her with him and now he's in business with them and we went out and it was so much fun to be on the same level um just to to be like equal and have dinner and have fun and and <laughs> it was i just feel so fortunate to be able to have these conversations with his friends and with him and then we get in the car and he's listening to songs like that my parents listened to, the platters and all these older songs, and it was just crazy. Um, so just to watch him do his thing and be able to share these times with him is is, is pretty special. He, um, I don't know, it's this... We don't get to spend a lot of time together, and I think this is the first time we've spent um, just him and I in many, many years. 
because and before it used to always be me and him and I I really missed it and like even just sitting in the car and listening to a whole bunch of songs was so much fun because music I used to dance around with you playing you know uh the eagles and singing to you and and that kind of thing yeah I think um you know it it has been you know most of uh uh most of our my childhood and growing up was just the two of us and traveling around and and uh, having these experiences and it's uh you know we don't have a a ton of time that we've been able to spend together as much as we do but the time we do spend together is such high quality and and um, and is you know so valuable where we know that it's uh, important for us to make sure that when you know we're chatting and stuff it's about important stuff and, mm-hmm. and then and I think a lot of people can take relationships and stuff for granted when it's all the time and, and uh, you know, a co- constant thing mm-hmm. or, or the assumption that, oh, well, you know, I'll see him tomorrow. So we can chat about it then or later or whatever. And uh, I think it's nice where when we do spend time together or talk, it's, you know, we make sure there's nothing off the table and, and nothing left behind for mm-hmm. things to be said. And, and, uh, and that I think is uh, it's it's very important, you know. I think that uh, we have <clears throat> seen so many people come and go, and and know that uh, there's so many people have regrets about things that they should have said or done or whatever while they were spending time, and and uh, I think it's just really important to um, you know make sure that having having chats about everything. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, what I what I find with us is that if something happened to you or I, uh, whether you died before me or I died before you, um, I feel like we there is absolutely nothing that we have left unsaid. Mm-hmm. I know how much I love you. Like I know, and I know you know how much I love you. I know that you. <laughs> Well, that was my phone. Uh, um, I know that, um, like, there's nothing that we've left unsaid. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that's so, so important. It is. I think it is very important. It's, uh, I think, the most important. And uh, even if it's, you know, just for the, the sole purpose of, um, uh, if it was a, a purely selfish act, of just not of saying everything that you want to say to someone um, because, you know, you want to make sure that it's not something that you, you wish you would have said. And it's just for the sake of, you know what? I, I just want to make sure that the things that are on my mind are, are something that, that that person knows about, yeah. especially if it's, you know, someone you care about. And, and I think that, uh, um, you know, I, I heard this line uh, a a while ago that 
really changed my opinion about a lot of stuff where, you know, the, the opposite of um, love isn't uh, hatred. It's uh, indifference. Oh. And where it's, you know, you think about a lot of people who love um, someone or is in love with someone and doesn't want to be, um, will put a bunch of energy being negative, and, but it's still energy. Right. That's being directed at the person. But if someone really doesn't care or doesn't love some person, it's just, um, you know, true, okay, well, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like, or, or no effort at all. And, uh, and I think that, um, you know, it also, um, for me, I interpreted that as, uh, um, okay, well, if there's someone that I really don't think is, is positive in my life or not, um, or is making me feel not good mm -hmm. or, um, uh, or, you know, I really don't like them, uh, putting a bunch of effort into that, um, relationship or, or what, um, your, or if you're trying to get at someone cause you don't like them, like that's just, that's not truly, you know, the opposite of, um, loving that person would be just to throw the hands up and be like, well, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it just, the effort is where it all comes from is where the people that, you know, have the conversations and, and you say, Hey, I need help with someone, something. And, and the people that actually show up um, mm -hmm. during those moments um, is, is so important. And so uh, I think that for us, we've always have put our everything into whatever uh, we sign up for. Yeah. And, and we don't do things kind of half-assed or, you know, half commit to something. It's, and that's why it's so exhausting for us if we do commit to something and it's not going well or it's failing and we take it as like a personal reflection on us because this is the thing I signed up for. So this is the thing I got to. Do you have an example of that? Oh, ah. yeah, yeah. There's plenty of those. Okay. That's for sure. What's one? What's something that was kind of half-assed? Um, well, you know, it's for a more broad example, just personality-wise, it's like for um, schooling or courses or things where I don't see the exact value in it or um, is where it's like, okay, well, I can't force myself to do this because oh, I was, was terrible with that. I drove by your old school <laughs> and I saw these kids like high school. Yeah. And I drove by and I got anxious. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I don't have to go through that again. <laughs> yeah. oh, I hated being a parent with a kid in school. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was awful. Well, it's tough too because it's just like the, um, uh, for me, like I, I, the answer for why I should do something if it's well it's just because you have to or <laughs> or um you know I said or because so. I said or because um because it's what you need to do because it's the right thing or or if some arbitrary 
you know, we'll just do it because you, you should. Um, was always the easiest way for me to not want to do it. And for me, it would I would have to see the inherent value of, oh, okay, this course will make me better at this in life or the, you know, the what's in it for me um, type of mentality for any of that stuff, particularly school, because I think it had the authority stuff crossed into it and and the whole, well, oh, yeah, well, I'll show you. Yeah. It would always come out. and um, But the things I saw the value in and, and uh, for me made sense as to, oh, I should be learning this because this is important and will add value to my life and give me tools to approach the world in a better way. Um, so what... Um... What other questions do you have for me as far as being your mom? Yeah. Um, hmm. Anything goes. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think will be a good one. There's so many different angles to take and um, okay. Uh, for parents or future parents, um, what would be the one snippet what would be your the advice you wish you would have given yourself um, prior to giving birth? What would be the 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 if you could tell yourself, okay, you know, I, I now have had this kid and he's twenty seven now, and uh, if you could go back to your old thirty year old self or twenty nine year old self and say. Uh, okay, here's the thing I wish I would have known um, <laughs> before we get started on all this. It could be as ridiculous or as serious or as... Okay. Um, I would, first of all, would have at least put $20 a month into account for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Like just even, even, <laughs> even $10... <laughs> three dollars <laughs> one dollar a dollar <laughs> then at least you'd have like maybe a thousand no I, be, I wish yeah. I would have put like just like even like 25 bucks a month into an account for yeah. you yeah savings like savings I mm -hmm. wish I would have done that I wish I wish I allowed you to fail yeah because all through like I think throughout your life, like until you moved away, mm -hmm. um, I always was making sure whether it was whether it was you forgetting your lunch at home, or I if you forgot your lunch at home, I'd race over and drop it off, um, and and you didn't have to suffer a lot of consequences for your for your actions because I was always trying to fixing so that you wouldn't have to feel failure 
and I wish <laughs> I wish I'd let you failed. <laughs> yeah, well, does that make sense? Yeah, there's definitely plenty of that. Because I after because sure. because I think that made it harder for you when you face disappointments, and then that, and I think if you learned how to handle disappointments earlier, then you would have more tools. And I think by being the um, safety net under you all the time, I, um, I robbed you of learning some skills of how to, um, like it, it, you had to learn those skills later on in life on your own. And I wish, I wish I would have let you had that opportunity. So like, like, like when you made, when you had a project and I helped you with the project to get it in on time when really, if you didn't get it on, cause a lot of times it'd be, you would get a consequence, like you couldn't play a sport or you couldn't go to the game or you couldn't, and I, if, if you would have missed one game, I think you would have done better. Maybe. Yeah. You know, but, but I always make sure I didn't want you ever to, to fail. And I, and I think parents now, especially, I see them do that even um, worse than what I did. You yeah, know? I think, you know, it definitely is an instinct. To, you don't want your kid to be disappointed or. Mm -hmm. or screw up and, and uh, it definitely is you know uh good to to learn early and yeah. uh you know and that's definitely where i think um you know i did gravitate so much toward sports and things like that where it's uh you know a uh you win or you lose and uh and it definitely where i think i got a lot of that lessons in life early was the um, sports through sports yeah and uh and you know and there's definitely other aspects of of that through financial stuff and and, and as life went on for um plenty i've done plenty of failing and uh, <laughs> and uh and i'm sure there'll be a lot more in the future um, and you're you're coping very that's, well. That's you're coping very well with your failures. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's where a big part of sports were, and, and I think that was a big, uh, a great part of why I'm so thankful for um, when uh, Russ, my stepdad, was introduced into my life, was right. You know, at that thirteen year range of uh you know moving to uh i have told them very often that uh um you know i i think that if i didn't meet him at that age uh and and didn't have him in my life during that period of time i very easily could have been just a total brat mm -hmm. and and uh um you know a uh crappy or a spoiled kid mm -hmm. and uh having that exposure from you know suburbs and the city and and living in seattle and hawaii and 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 kind of just coasting and then moving to a farm in 
Grand Prairie and him, you know, giving me these lessons and responsibility and uh, that, you know, whether you want to do something or not, you know, there's still, when you have these responsibilities thing, you know, if you don't feel like going out working, then animals will starve or, mm-hmm. um, or uh, things will start to fall apart and, and you kind of, you got to go do stuff when you don't feel like doing it sometimes. You know, and, when uh, you, we, when you moved away, one of the best, like every time you would call to tell us, Oh, I get why you said that. Yeah. Has always been was like always been like some of our favorite phone calls when you would call and say, you know, now I realize why you guys told me to do that. And most of the time it was Russ. Like, and I've said to Russ plenty of times that I don't I became a better mom when when he and I got together. Totally. No, I and why yeah. do you mean totally? <laughs> well, with your with your own criticism, you know, with uh, yeah. like he was the one that was like, yeah, he could play, go play football, like go, you you know, get yeah. involved in sports and and uh, like I, it was something I wanted to do at a uh, earlier age and um, and glad I was uh, glad I was able to so. Um, that's uh that's something that um always uh I've always been thankful for and and I'm glad that it worked out the the way that it did cuz I think um you know it was he definitely was a, is and a prime uh, the the ideal um archetype for leading by example and and wow and of someone that True. would get up and do his work and be the one who doesn't complain and moan and and uh you know there were there was never any times where he'd tell me to do to do something um or to live a certain way or to have a certain approach to something that he wouldn't exactly do himself and so mm-hmm. i couldn't pull the hypocrisy card and, and you know be like well you don't do that and but it's like oh well yeah you he, he does every day he'll get up and work his ass off and and uh and he does all of this work and it's not like he's telling me to do something he hasn't done a million times and mm-hmm. uh and what's I, his what's his big what was his biggest oh, the, line of course attention to detail for for everything i remember that would always drive me nuts um where he would basically mention it for anything goes wrong or, or there's any screw up or, or, uh, any thing not done properly. And, and, uh, almost every single time it was lack of attention to detail. And, uh, it's so true because, you know, it's a lesson learned over and over and over and over again in every part of life where we see it all the time in your life. Well, you know, not only personal and, with relationships and communication, but you know, with work of every single person can relate to uh, a tiny screw up because someone wasn't paying attention. Um, that turns into a massive nightmare to deal with, with, you know, real estate. It's as simple as 
forgetting a sentence on a contract or important piece of paperwork and it ends up becoming this massive deal in the future that you have to deal with or sort out and when if you took an extra couple of seconds you would never be in that position in the first place and, yeah and uh, or you know someone else screws up because they were just trying to rush through something and, and uh, now you're stuck having to deal with it because you didn't look it over well enough yeah so uh, so it's interesting to right because like with russ like that he he was the best thing that came into our life mm -hmm. like really and um and he helped me not feel like i had to make up for being divorced you know from your original dad mm -hmm. and um because i always felt like i had to make up for stuff but he was like, okay, no, be the mom. He's a kid. And just be the mom. And it'll all work out. And and the when we're all together, me, you, and Russ and Dennis, like we the four of us have just like a blast together. And Dennis is uh Russ's son. And as a blended family, we <laughs> it's watching Trevor and Dennis is like a comedy club. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we have a lot in common. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, you know, and it's, yeah, it's another one of those, um, uh, the people you um, choose to surround yourself with versus the people that, you know, are just there because it's, uh, they're related. Yeah. You know, just got the roll of the dice. So. So do you have any other questions you want to know about growing up? Uh, no, not really. No. I think we, uh, you know, covered a lot and, and, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's always, um, you know, it's, it's always funny because it's, you see it with, uh, like such a common trope of, you know, someone grows up with a, uh, a poor, um, you know, from a poor background or had some sort of struggle or, um, you know, a, abuse or, or s some really negative situation. And then they end up somehow becoming worth a ton of money or through that experience of going through something tough gets the tenacity or work ethic or whatever to now have a successful business or, or become very successful later in life. And then that successful person now has kids of their own and uh, they want to make sure they have the childhood they never had and give them everything they want. And, and, you know, whether it's money or help bailing them out of things or, um, and give them everything that they didn't have growing up. But in doing so, the kids don't have the same positive traits that their parent had that made them successful in the first place you know the super rich parents that have that created the hard you know the company from scratch that you know versus their kids that got everything got a million got everything they wanted and all the money they could want and the kids always not always but more often than not suck and <laughs> and you know are are spoiled spoiled and uh and it, and it's funny how you know your natural instinct 
almost every single parent's instinct is to give the kid whatever they want as much as they want um, and give them everything they never, that they didn't have uh, to make them, you know, to have, so they have a good life. But uh, more often than not, it's um, the opposite that, uh, mm-hmm. that makes them a better person. Well, it's funny. I, cause I remember when you moved to Vancouver Island and, and I would want to an extent. Pardon? Oh, to finish the, my, to oh, an extent, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean, you know, ship them to some third world country and say, see you when you can afford a plane ticket. But. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Because I remember when you moved to Vancouver Island and I would say, cause I always wanted to make sure you have everything. Like I didn't want you to be without, you know, and the first, when we first moved you here, um, I remember buying, going to Costco and buying like, oh, I can't remember. We spent so much money on groceries and they were gone within the week because we ended up feeding all your roommates. Yeah. And then, but, but even after that, like you had said to me one time, I wanted to buy you, I don't know what it was. And you're like, okay, mom, no, if I need it, I will buy it. I don't need you to buy that anymore. I'm like, and I just was like, oh, okay. But you ended up giving me more boundaries than I was giving, that I was having. Like, instead of me saying, okay, Trevor, I'm not paying for all this. You, you were saying, mom, no, <laughs> you're not paying for that anymore. Yeah. Well, and that was, you know, for me, I never wanted an asterisk next to me being able to build a life for myself you know I, I wanted to um not have the oh well all your success is because you've had it handed to you or you got you know your parents gave you money or or whatever um i you know have known that we aren't th- the richest family and that money has to come from somewhere and uh, if you're sending me money, that's just more hours you have to work. And uh, for me, you know, I have plenty of hours to give for work. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's if I am in a tough spot, then I could figure it out and go into debt like a normal adult. And <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it's, uh, it's a responsibility and I don't, you know, I uh, never wanted, um, to be in a position where, you know, I just go and live a life off of my parents or family's dime. And I, no matter how small it is of whatever I build, I want to look at it and say, Hey, I did this because I figured it out. Um, and you know, doesn't mean you have to disconnect from your family but like there's times you have your own boundaries yeah and you guys have helped me out with advice more than like that's the part i'm very extremely privileged with is being able just to call you guys and say hey i need a nurse hey i need a mechanic yeah (laughs) What, what do i do in this situation uh and your guys's experience and and trying to you know, hey, when you guys are in this position, how did you work it out? How did mm-hmm. you figure it out? 
and uh and that's you know where you really actually learn and get out of that position in the first place not just by yeah. getting bailed out so um i remember uh it was a thanksgiving and your your one of your last year's uh football and uh it was i had made dinner and then i did something and and i said to you oh my gosh i feel like my mom yeah. and you said or I, I'm acting like my mom. And she, and you said, actually, you're acting like my mom. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, you're right. This is, I'm being your mom. And it kind of hit me as like, oh my gosh. Like every once in a while, I think, I look at you and I think, oh my gosh, I'm his mom. Uh, yeah. And, and like, cause like I go from you, you know, giving, obviously giving birth to you, but, um, you and your swing and me, like, like it's weird yeah. as a, as a parent to watch this person that you've, you've raised into becoming an adult. And like, I still see you sometimes as that four-year-old cause that, and, and, you know, if I look at pictures and then I'm looking at you now as a man and it's, it is, it's, it's really, it's really a surreal feeling. Yeah. I, I could only imagine. Yeah, it's, it's, it is weird. You know, it's, uh, I think it's one of those things where, you know, um, like when you get older as a child and, and see like, you know, you think, oh, whatever age you became sentient is like the age that your parents basically stay forever. Like mm -hmm. I basically, you know, was, you're like 30 when I was born and I started to, basically understand that I was a living being when I was like 10 and, yeah. <laughs> and remember I, my base thought of what are, how old are my parents? It's like the muscle memory response is like, ah, oh, in their forties somewhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like that's just always the thought. And even as a kid, you don't even think about your parents getting older. You just yeah. think of them as parents. Yeah. And, uh, and it's crazy when you look at like, oh, that's my parents 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And you're like, wait a minute, they're, that's, they're 10 years older now. How does that work? Like, you just, that's the way I feel about you when yeah. you're, I'm like, it's like, yeah, 10 years has passed, but like, that doesn't mean they're 10 years older. No, <laughs> that's the same with you. It's yeah. like, like you've been away from home for 10 years and it's like, that doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, it's like, no. It was no. just 10 years ago. Yeah. It was, in, it was in 2014. What are you talking about? Yeah. That was like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Done a lot. Well, my love, my son, you, you really are the light of my life. And you, I, you're one of my proudest things that I have done and been a part of. You really are. Well, I, uh, I appreciate it. I am forever, ever grateful and thankful um, for the effort and <laughs> time and uh, dedication that uh, you have uh, always shown and, and given and, and it's always been consistent. So from since I was uh, first born to, to, to now and forever, I'm sure you will... Uh, always always be um 
willing to give absolutely everything to to try and you know make my life and so many other people's lives better and um well, but, I am your biggest fan. Well, I uh I definitely definitely feel it and uh, I mean it's, it's feelings mutual. Uh love love seeing um you always finding your passion and and uh it's it's fun getting to the you know stage or as you get older um being able to give each other advice and feedback yeah. and and uh, learning from each other every day and comparing notes with adulthood and yeah <laughs> and uh no it's uh, I, i'm very thankful for our relationship and uh am very 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 glad that uh i was lucky enough to be born with a, a mom who uh who cares <laughs> awesome okay one last thing oh okay if you can share any song, because we were listening to a whole bunch of songs. Oh, man. What song would you tell people to listen to right now? Oh, geez. Just a song. That's a tough one. Any song. Um, Something that normally people wouldn't listen to or an older song or something. Man. Out of left field with a music suggestion? Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Just throw that Just in. Throw a pick a song, summarize an hour's worth of conversation <laughs> with an old an old hit <laughs> from from back of the day. Gosh. Okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna find one. <laughs> I'm gonna pick one then because you asked. Uh, obviously Trevor and I could be talking all night, but I'm going back home and he's got a big drive tomorrow for clients. So um, Trevor has a company and um, I'm going to plug you. While oh, you're... all right. Trevor has a real estate company. Yes. And real estate team team in, um, in Nanaimo called coast to coast real estate. Yeah. We're based out of Nanaimo, but uh, we serve basically all of Vancouver Island. So, you're thinking about the island or wanting to, to check out anything real estate related in Vancouver Island, uh, our site is coast to coast vi.ca and it is C O A S T T O C O A S T VI's in Vancouver Island.ca. And I found my music suggestion. Okay. I am picking Feeling Good by Nina Simone. Not the Michael Bublé cover, okay. but the original one by Nina Simone. Because I think that is a good song. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I love you dearly. I love you as well. Thanks. And uh, yeah, thanks uh, to all the people who've been eavesdropping on this conversation. There we go. There you go. This is Brenda PM with thoughts from the tractor. Have a good night, everybody. Please, if you like this podcast, share it, like it, follow it. Like, comment, subscribe, positive ratings. There we go. Tell Fun. your friends. Tell your friends. If have you a, want. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. Night.